Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So Jennifer McCormick announces that she's running for governor in the great state of Indiana. Jennifer McCormick is the former superintendent of public instruction. She was the superintendent of public instruction. As a Republican, it would, well, have been assumed. But now she is running for governor as a Democrat. Filed the paperwork just uh, earlier today, earlier Thursday. Where she lives, she lives in, 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 in Newcastle. Democrats are running Jennifer McCormick. My gosh, I had no idea how bad things really were for the Democrats in Indiana. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Guys, what's going down? What's going on? How you doing, boo? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. They are defunding and politicizing our schools, burdening us with the nation's highest gas tax, taking our rights away, and standing by as we pay the highest health care costs in the nation. It's time for a leader who will put Hoosiers first. Together, we can restore common sense and put an end to the divisiveness that's pulling our state backward. Oh, so the parents who are paying attention to what's happening in their kids' schools and upset with it, they're uh, divisive and pulling the state backwards? I mean, that's just what you said, Jennifer McCormick. You really want this fight? This is the battleground? You really want to make it about the schools and about the parents who are engaged in their kids' education and questioning some of the things that are happening? That's the fight you want to have? Okay. Sure. I swear to you, for the first time ever, I read this and I said to myself, oh, now I have to run for governor. I have to put the whole uh, radio career on hold. I have to run for governor. Oh, my gosh. Just to be able to combat this. In in that realm, in 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 on the uh, on the circuit, on the well, on the campaign trail, yeah, I'd be, I think I'd be a terrible candidate. I didn't even know what a campaign trail was. Come on, cats, get it together. Oh my, this is where she thinks her fight is. Who defunding and politicizing our schools? If, if you mean money follows the student and not the system, well, then good. That's excellent. Let's have some more of that. Now, we should at least be clear about a couple of things. Um, The Democratic Party has not yet put forth a series of of nominees. The Republicans only have three. You've got Senator Mike Braun. You have Lieutenant Governor uh, Suzanne Crouch. And you have Eric Doden, who's a businessman out of... Out of Facebook, who, and I will give him uh, the respect where it, des- where it is deserved. I don't know the dude at all. I don't know Eric Doden from a hole in the head. But his ads are on Facebook all the freaking time. They're always on Facebook. I'm like, this is, someone is spending some loot. This is pretty impressive right here. Uh, you know uh, that I-, I think that Suzanne Crouch is Lovely. I look forward to doing interviews with her. And they have reached out before. I just wasn't ready uh, to do them. I will do them. I don't know where the excitement is for the lieutenant governor. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm not saying she's got bad policy. Neither one of those things is getting said by me. When it comes to excitement, when it comes to people feeling a, a connection, she does zero to deliver on that. 
and if her team wants to argue it with me, they can, she delivers zero excitement. Which is interesting uh, coming from a guy like me who isn't that interested in personalities. Just tell me the job you're going to do and then show me you can do the job. That's it. I don't, I don't care about your personality. It, it's, it's like the Trump thing. Everybody's very focused on the Trump personality stuff. I'm very focused on getting what I want out of things. People discuss loyalty to Trump. You're not showing your loyalty. I don't owe Donald Trump a damn thing. He owes me. I'm the guy who voted for him, and he owes it to me to earn the vote and then do what I sent him to do based on what he said he would do if he got the vote. That's it. This is a very binary reaction. I am very Danny DeVito and other people's money. I will close down New England Cable. New England Wire and Cable would be better sold for parts than running as a business. Absolutely. I want what I want, and the transaction is I give you the vote, you do the things that I want, you don't do the things that I want, you no longer get the vote. That's all. Thank you very much. The loyalty is not from me to you. The loyalty is from you to me. Never forget who you are in the equation. Never forget who you are in the deal. You matter. You matter greatly. But the personality thing doesn't move me. That said, you'd be out of your mind crazy if you didn't think that there was an emotional connection between uh, political candidates and the voters. And that that matters. You, you absolutely want to have that. I am just not as driven by it as others. When there was, it was exit polling in 2012, when I got the Mitt Romney run as wrong as anybody could get the thing. I mean, I got blown out of the water and I spent, I will admit, I spent about two years asking myself what went wrong. I mean, I I did some digging. I did some digging into myself. I did some digging into the data, that whole Orca disaster. I looked at everything. What is it that I was looking at that was so wrong? What is it that I missed that could have helped me better understand what was coming? It's the only way you get good, guys. The only way you get good is uh, you, you, you take the time to learn where it is you made the errors. Where did you make the mistakes in, in the prognostication and the, in the engaging of the, of the data? Um, that, that, that experience, um, one of the things that came out of that experience was this, this polling data, this, these exit polls. And one of the exit polls was cares about people like me. And of course, Barack Obama won that going away. I mean, just beat the living daylights out of Mitt Romney on that subject. And it took me a good six months to square the circle on that question. Cares about people like me. I don't care if Barack Obama or Mitt Romney or Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump or Joe Biden, I don't care if they care about people like me. I care that we have policies that allow me to live my life regardless of what those guys think about it. I don't care what Joe Biden thinks about how I run my life. I don't care what Joe Biden thinks about it. Sorry, Dr. Joe Biden. Snooty snoots. 
I don't I don't care what the crew at MSNBC thinks about how I run my life. I don't give a damn. It's totally insignificant. And I don't care that they say they care. Why do people want to know about care? Care is about people like me. Wouldn't the better question be, will stay out of my way? Will leave me the hell alone? If you cared about people like me, you would leave people like me alone. That question clawed at me for a good for a good six months, and that's when I, you know, you you just recognize and and of course I knew it instinctually, but you really recognize that that there is about there is a level of connection. The problem, and, and that and that level of connection is important. The problem is if that's the only thing that matters and the policy doesn't, you're, you're voting on emotion and you're not voting on data, which means you're voting for a boyfriend and that's weird. And the people who vote on their emotion and vote for a boyfriend are weird. They're weird people. And it happens so often on the political left and lately it's going on with the stuff uh, regarding Trump on the political right. That's not a reason to vote for somebody. I'm not voting for a boyfriend, I'm voting for the president, or I'm voting for a senator, or in this case, I'm voting for governor. And Suzanne Crouch doesn't create that connection, that emotional connection. Not saying I'm voting for her as a girlfriend, but if I'm going to vote for her as a governor, maybe there's a little something. What is she going to deliver from, from, uh, from Eric Holcomb? And if it's not, well, let me tell you, I experienced two terms of Eric Holcomb, and I'm wholly disappointed. It's not that every policy was bad. It's the way he handled COVID was a holy damn shame in my view. And then he's completely unavailable. He doesn't talk. Where is the leadership on any level of the social issues? Never mind anything else. Where is the strength? Where is the building excitement for the, for, for the state of Indiana? It doesn't come from him. Don't lie Don't lie, Republican Party. Don't you do it. That man is silent. He hides under the bed. You you don't see Eric Holcomb. You don't know of Eric Holcomb. In the early days when he would do talks, he would at least seem upbeat. He would at least seem excited. Not lately. Not lately. He Over the past couple years when I've been in places... Uh, publicly, where where he's been, it's 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 not like uh, we 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 spoke because he he doesn't talk to me. He 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 made these overtures. Oh, you got to come to the residence, and well, we'll talk. He doesn't talk to me. Won't do interviews. Nothing else. But he seems like it, it's it's this weird introspective kind of of talk, and there's no excitement to it, and there's no. Uh, Get up and go from him. Just a, it it, it really is uh, quite sad. Um, and and I wish he wasn't like that. And if uh, that's what uh, Suzanne Crouch is going to hitch her wagon to, that look how well he did. Well, that's not necessarily a winner. And as for people who don't excite, that's Mike Braun. On a personal level, I like Senator Mike Braun. On a professional level. He was going to um, question the 2020 election 
Then the riot took place, and then he decided he wasn't going to. So a riot took place, and he allowed a mob to change his mind. Sorry. Sorry, I got real issues there. So I am here to tell you, and also, he's another guy that doesn't well connect with the voter on any level of emotion. Of, of emotion. You need some of it, obviously. So uh, the Republicans don't have, and again, I know nothing about Doden. I've, never, I, I've only seen the, the ads. They don't really have a, a, a strong field yet. They've got the fact that Braun can self-fund, Doden can self-fund, and, and Crouch, from what I'm told, very, very good fundraiser. Outrageously good fundraiser. Like, super impressive. Well, that's great. You know, she'll, she'll be able to raise some loot. That's pretty solid. But if there's one thing that uh, Jennifer McCormick is going to be able to do is she's going to be able to engage emotionally. Now, as I just showed, it's not like she's got the data. It's not like she's right on any of these things. And if she wants to go about a campaign where she says parents are being divisive for being focused on their kids' education, I say, well, bring that. Let's see how that works out for you. I don't think it's going to be good. But she will get Democrats excited on an emotional level. So Republicans don't have anybody who can bring some of that emotion. The Democrats don't have anybody who can bring any policy. Which makes this a perfect Indiana gubernatorial election. Let the games begin. (laughs) I'm Tony Katz. It seems to me that every day you go to YouTube or whatever your video sharing site is, mine personally is rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. You will be able to find video of somebody attacking somebody at an airport. They do show up on my Facebook feed. Holy crap. They show up on my Facebook feed. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you, which is weird because I have so given up on Facebook. I cannot figure out what's going on. Our videos don't, our live streams don't play. It is a mess. Of course, that's why I've moved everything to locals. So go to TonyKatz.com and be part of what we're building at, at locals. I, but I wish I could fix it because people are like, dude, they'll, they'll, they'll figure this out. I'm like, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure they're the people who did this. So uh, I, I can't figure out what's going on with my stuff. But somehow I can see videos of people beating the living snot out of each other at an, at an airport. I'm watching one right now, and I, I didn't get a chance to, like, edit it first. So the only reason I'm not sharing it with, with you is because, you know, language is, is possible and I've got FCC rules. I don't know. They're at the gate and this pregnant woman is beating up this, this uh, flight attendant. And you're like, wh- wh- why Why would anybody get to this place? How do people get to this place? Now, I have an entire theory about the social contract, and specifically when I see women getting involved in fights. When I, Not women with other women, women with men. And you will watch women get into a fight with a man and hit a man, and men are, you know, conditioned. You don't hit a woman, you don't hit a woman. Okay, let's just calm this down. Every, everything else... You're like, what is happening here? And you look at it, and you're like, there are some women who absolutely will hit men because they know they can get away with it. Because in any world where a woman could get hit, 
they're going to get knocked out. And people think like even just having that conversation is gross. No, gross is saying because of a social contract, I am allowed dominion over you. That's gross. That's ugly and obscene. I, I it, It's beyond comprehension. And when women do jump into fights and find themselves getting hit, they're always, at least the videos, they're always pretty amazed. They're like, he, he hit me. He's not allowed to do that. You were punching him in the face and everybody was drunk. What did you think was going to happen? And people think that that's like some kind of slam on women. It's not because there are many, many women listening right now going, yeah, yeah, she got slapped in the face. She got hit. Don't be dumb. Don't get that drunk. Learn how to control yourself. And they're going about living their lives right now because they know how to control themselves. I've never been in a fight. I've never been in a fight. I've never been in a physical altercation in my life. There have been times where things have gotten close. I think I'm, I'm no different than everybody else. Uh, but I, A, I can talk, and B, I'm totally willing. I mean, I would rather not have the fight. If you want to call me a name or whatever, you know, you think I'm a wimp, sure, great, whatever. Have a nice day. I, I, I don't want to... Uh, to, to bust my my knuckles uh, for for no reason and uh, if it if you calling me a name makes you feel better knock yourself out but if things have to throw down I'm going to the bitter end I, I I've always known this uh, about myself I take this back I learned this about myself I didn't always know this about myself I I learned about myself that I really am not interested in a, in a fight but if I have to do it I'm going to the, I'm going to the bitter end absolutely. I may not I may not win the fight, but you are going to carry the scars. That's my generalized theory. But I've always been able to avoid a fight, so I avoid the fights. The question is why are we seeing so many of them in these places? I can show you video after video after video. Hundreds, thousands of videos of people losing their minds, screaming and yelling and Angry, angry, angry. And you're like, why? Why are they so angry? Falling to the floor because someone has is, is got them on video. How dare you videotape me? And they think they know about rights and they know nothing. And, and then the fight's on airplanes and you can't say this to me and I can do this. I saw a video on a plane where a black woman was screaming at a white woman, both of them passengers on the plane, that I'm a queen and you should bow down to me. What? I There's no way I couldn't laugh out loud. There's no way I couldn't laugh out loud if someone said to me, I'm a queen. I'm sorry. And and uh, someone's going to yell at me, Tony, that's so bigoted. You Tell me you're a queen. I'm going to laugh out loud. But the question before us is why are these fights happening? Why do they happen now with regularity? Do they happen because we have video cameras? Or is something else going on? Causing the fight, causing the insanity, causing people to be at this fevered pitch. And if you know me at all, you know that my answer is absolutely. Something has been introduced into the society that has made people mad or something has been removed from the society that has made people crazy. There's something wrong with us, to quote uh, Bill Murray, something very, very wrong with us. And we need to be honest about what that is. 
This is Tony Katz today. I came across this article in the Washington Times that talked about how kooky Arizona politics is getting. And I'm like, getting? How kooky it's getting? What have what have we not been paying attention to if we're saying that Arizona politics are only getting kooky? And then I started thinking about the fact that it is weird. You have the whole 2020 debacle where Trump said the election was stolen and Certainly, that did not come to be, but there were issues in Arizona. And then you had the election. Uh, Mark Kelly gets to be a senator again. You have Carrie Lake losing to Katie Hobbs for governor. Katie Hobbs is is terrible. I mean, bad as bad can be. And the people of Arizona must know it. It is a weird place, but if you take a look at it on paper, Democrats keep pulling it out. So... Does that mean that Republicans should somehow ignore it going forward? I mean, should you run in 2024 and quite literally give up the ghost if you're the Republican Party? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. And I caught up with John Gabriel. He writes for the Arizona Republic. He's the host of the King of Stuff podcast, and he's the editor-in-chief over at Ricochet.com. He lives in Arizona, lives and breathes the political scene there along with the coffee scene there. And I I, I caught up with him earlier, so it, it, I wasn't even in my normal studio. So if it sounds a little bit off, eh, I, I, I did the best I could, I promise. But caught up with him about this whole concept about what's going on in, in uh, Arizona and really a question of what's possible. And, you know, th- there was this piece right there from, from the Washington Times, the race for cinema Senate seat stirs up land of the weird in politics. Isn't Arizona the land of the weird when it comes to politics, when you take a look at the whole country? Well, I've never looked at uh, the term weird as an insult, so I have to... <laughs> I have to agree. Uh, I've lived here since I was a little kid. We moved out here uh, from the Midwest, like, I don't know, probably three quarters of the people who live in Arizona um, all kind of hail originally from the Midwest. And yeah, it is an odd place, uh, but uh, in a lot, in a big way, that's why I love it here. Um, It's an attitude of... uh, just kind of defiance and love being uh, the people here love being inscrutable to outsiders um, as well as insiders like myself sometimes. The, the idea that uh, it's it, it's weird, you like the weird and the people uh, there, do, do all people of Arizona, I mean, I, I'm not a guy from Arizona. I did go to Arizona State, Sun Devils, and that's the only way that it is. Know that, Tucson. Um <laughs> It, do, do they all see themselves that way? You know, you, you, you go back to the whole late Senator John McCain maverick conversation. Is that mm-hmm. how everybody in Arizona wants to see their politics? I don't think everybody, but there's always been the strong uh, defiant streak. Um, I always try to tell a lot of people trying to explain it here. We're not liberal. We're not conservative. We're contrarian. That's kind of the key to understanding Arizona and uh, we're very happy with uh, tweaking the nose of any kind of outsiders, DC types and the like, uh, but we'll tweak that nose even as we cut the nose off our own face sometimes. Um, it's not always wise, um, you know, seeing Senator McCain 
lauded one week and reviled the next. That was kind of most of his career. Now we have a Maverick senator uh, in Christian cinema. But before either of them, you had Barry Goldwater, who also just flummoxed people in general. Um, there's kind of this defiant streak where you're very eager to be um, not seen as taking orders from party bosses, from leading politicians, from Wall Street, you name it, um, always wanting to be the outsider, uh, sticking it to the man, as it were. And it's crazy because sometimes it's kind of fun. Other times, um, even most people here are like, oh, my gosh, would you just vote normally? Act like a normal human being for once. So I mean, let, let, let's talk voting normally. And, and before we get into the Carrie Lake stuff and, and what we think we're going to see in 24, you, you talk about Senator, someone like Senator Cinema, who when she was running, the conversation was, this was a woman who was on the side of the communists, uh, the propaganda that she was uh, pumping out there. Then she gets to the Senate and you find out that while I, she votes for things that I clearly do not like, she's actually willing to slow the whole process down to make sure that she's getting listened to and that she's listening uh, to others. That is considered amongst Arizona standards as, yeah, that's exactly what we want, but I don't know whether or not on Arizona standards that her policies match up to the politics of the state. Yeah, I think uh, she's a lot more in line with the people who are would always vote for a GOP issue or always vote for a Democratic issue. There just is this weird thing, kind of like uh, John McCain. Um, if, if you go back, it, it, John McCain would vote no on a conservative bill, but it would be completely random, you know, it, Six days a week, he would have voted yes, and one day he woke up wrong, and he just decided to vote no and say, hey, look at me, I'm a maverick. <laughs> you, you can't tell where I'm going. Um, so there is this kind of weird uh, attitude of just wanting to be a little inscrutable, wanting to be a thorn in the side. Look, everybody's on daylight savings time because, hey, now we all know which time zone we're in. Not Arizona, you know, back when it was decided, I don't know, Barry Goldwater was just like at the back of the Congress, I don't know, flipping the bird to the House or somebody and saying, no, 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 I don't want to. Yeah, but everybody's doing it. Yeah, no, we're, <laughs> we're going to be in our own time zone. So we're kind of like the Langoliers here. We're kind of a half hour ahead or behind all of our neighbors. So um, it, it is kind of hard to figure out. It is kind of inscrutable, but it is a state where the largest party in the next year or two will be, well, party, quote unquote, but will be independent. Um, it's about one third independent, one third Democrat, one third Republican. Pumpkins are slightly in the lead now, but independent is going up every year. Let's uh, let's take it a little step further. Talking to John Gabriel of Ricochet.com, uh, the King of Stuff podcast and a contributor over there at the Arizona Re Republic. Now that that gubernatorial race is done. You've got Governor Katie Hobbs, a woman who doesn't believe that you should be able to sell a tamale on a street corner, literally vetoed the legislation that would allow families to go about making some extra scratch. And she won't answer a question. Does her first couple of months in office, Katie Hobbs, does it make people say, oh, well, you, you get what you voted for? Does it make people say, you know what, maybe there was a real problem with this election and Carrie Lake was right? Or are people just like, that's nah, the way it is. Let's go have lunch. Like, do, yeah. is, is, there, is there a real visceral response 
to what Katie Hobbs' governor has been. Yeah, I don't think it's visceral yet. I think people are like, okay, the election's over, you know, the honeymoon period, give her a chance. But everybody's confused, and her supporters are very confused and frustrated, you know, talking to pretty diehard Democrats who are just like, oh, my gosh, there's no way Carrie Lake can win. We need Katie Hobbs. She's our she's our gal. She's going to be great. Those people are like, what on earth is this person doing? But this is the way she has always been. This is the way Katie Hobbs has always been. So for anybody to be surprised at this outcome, She's kind of a mid-level government functionary who now is running our state, doesn't exactly know what she's doing, Um, doing things like, yeah, this goofy tamale bill where these little abuelitas are in their back room making a couple tamales so they can make some bucks. They'll, I don't know, have money to buy Christmas presents for their grandkids. And uh, she's like, no. We need to tax these people. We need to be, we we need to make sure to put the yeah, boot of government on their necks. Every, everybody, both parties were like, is this person crazy? What is she doing? Yeah, she tried to make it a public safety conversation. We don't know if the food is safe. If you're stopping at a roadside place for a tamale, you know the possible risks, and you said, screw it, It's uh, I'm in. It's like being in Wisconsin and stopping on the side of the road for a bratwurst. You know what's possible. You know how much time you're going to spend in a bathroom. And you're like, screw it. I'm totally going to do this because it's delicious. Yeah, it's the guy who uh, walks in at 3 a.m. to the 7-Eleven and sees that last hot dog spinning on those rollers. And he's like, you know what? You know, my time's eventually. It might might be right now, but it's worth it. Talking to John Gabriel of Ricochet.com and the King of Stuff podcast. All of this, you know, and this this article from the Washington Times and others, is really this this kind of, it, it sets up the question about, is Arizona and its electoral votes even worth it for the Republicans in 2024? So there's, and, and once you start asking that, you got to ask it the other way. As you see it, can Republicans take 2024 with, I mean, you could say with Trump or with DeSantis, but let's maybe a little more in general. Can the Republicans do it? And with the election victories Democrats have had, go the other way with the question are Democrats going to take Arizona for granted? Um, I think they are getting completely overconfident, the Democrats that are in Arizona, which is bizarre because all the elections have been very close. Carrie Lake lost by, what, 1% of the vote or something very close. It is still a tightly contested state. I would say for both parties, if they want to win, they really got to focus on the suburban vote. That is just huge here in Arizona. Florida, you have the retirees or you have recent immigrants who recently became citizens. Arizona is a very suburban kind of place. You know, you might live in Phoenix, but Phoenix has probably more land area than any city um, in the country, even if we might not be the largest in population. Very spread out. Everybody has their little plot of land, their lawn, whether there's rocks in it or actually grass. Um, So I I think you really need to contend with those bread and butter issues if you want to win people over. Instead of kind of the hardcore ideology, um, just say, hey, the economy is horrible. Biden doesn't know what uh, he's doing. Katie Hobbs doesn't know what she's doing. Uh, Maybe we should uh, give the GOP a try. So I think it's very much uh, going to be contested. But any candidate who wants to win there, they got to get out there and retail it, knock doors. Uh, That's how you win this place. How much is the border 
a mover for the Arizona voter? Because I, I would take a look at that gubernatorial race and say, if it really was, nobody votes for Katie Hobbs. If the, if the if protection on the border is a real mover, is it? And is that is the Hobbs Lake election nothing more than an enigma that should be really put to the side? Yeah, uh, Lake Hobbs was a very odd race, and uh, I, I was thinking Lake would have enough to pull it off, but you came up uh, 1% short, like I said. Um, I think the border, um, it works a lot uh, when we're talking about more southern Arizona, Tucson, Yuma, uh, towns like that, but over half the state's population is in Phoenix and the surrounding era, area, which is Maricopa County. And here, people are kind of iffy about it. I, I think part of the reason on the border is we've had um, about 15 years of governors who are very aggressive on the on the border issues and pushing back on the federal government and uh, taking matters in their own hands when they had to. And so I think people are like, well, we can give Democrats a chance. We've had Republican leadership here on the executive level for a long time. Um, how bad could the Democrats be was kind of the attitude. Well, they're going to see that right now. And even Katie Hobbs, as incompetent as she is, she ran, one of her issues was, I'm going to stop the evil practices of Doug Ducey, the former governor, who was busing migrants out of state. Well, within a month of her becoming governor, she says, hey, um, instead of just using buses, I'm going to be flying migrants out too. So <laughs> I think even she is looking at this and saying, okay, this is crazy. We, we can't be doing this. And of course, the Democrats didn't have any kind of problem with it. I'm like, okay, well, if a Democrat's willing to do that, uh, good for her. Keep doing, keep being tough on the border. But she just does it with a smiling face. She knows it'll destroy her and her party if she doesn't hit, talk tough on the issue. So if you're advising uh, the, the Republican Party, you're like, Arizona, up for grabs, come grab it. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I would really focus on just the basic stuff. Uh, inflation, the border, um, you know, we, we don't need to... Uh, be overly aggressive on it. People naturally understand, including Democrats, including the Latino vote out here. Everybody knows that the border is a mess. And, um, you know, you don't need dramatics. You just show the footage of what's going on down there. Focus on the economy. Uh, you have a lot of younger families here. You have couples who had just had one, maybe a second child. They were living in California. They were living in other states and were like, oh, we got to get out of this craziness. Hey, what's going on in Arizona? So you do have these people coming from other states, maybe Chicago Another uh, a lot of people from Chicago live here, Indianapolis, the Midwest in general, who just kind of had enough with crime, had enough with high taxes, moved out here. So they have conservative instincts. But they're not looking to ideology. I always think kind of more philosophically and big pictures. Look, they just want the inflation to be fixed. Uh, they want their dollar to go a little farther. They don't want to spend an arm and a leg at the gas pump. I think any Republican focusing on those issues can win and win handily. My thanks to John Gabriel over there at ricochet.com, the King of Stuff podcast as well. You can find his work at the Arizona Republic if you're so inclined Everything, of course, is up for grabs because no election determines what comes down the road. Sure, you could say that California is lost. You could say that New York is lost. You could say that Illinois is lost. There are truisms in, in that way. Um, Arizona is not lost. 
Losing doesn't mean lost. You got to really take a look at the numbers. Not what some talking head is saying top line, but what's really happening all across the board. And what's happening across the board is that Arizona is 1,000%, 1,000% in play. With, without question, it's in play. And Republicans should make their voices heard. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. So after all of the mistakes that Bud Light made, Anheuser-Busch made in creating this partnership with Dylan Mulvaney and really insulting the people who drink Bud Light for adding politics into a conversation where nobody wanted it, it's beer, man. They just wanted to have a beer. The people at Bud Light decided they were going to try and make amends with the distributors and all the employees of the distributors, and they sent everybody a free case of Bud Light. What a ridiculously bad idea. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. And then Bud Light said, hold my beer, because the CEO, Michael Ducris, of and the CEO of Anheuser-Busch, was on a call with investors, and he's trying to downplay the relationship with Dylan Mulvaney, saying it was just misinformation spread on social media. We need to clarify the facts that this was one camp, one influencer, one post, and not a campaign. One one can. Uh, Look, uh, you allowed a vice president of marketing to make this happen. Everybody knew what was going on. You did this. You screwed the pooch, and the only thing you can do is give it the time it needs for this story to end, because it ain't going to end today. Find everything at TonyCats.com tomorrow, everyone. Take care.